Hello and welcome to the Bipolar Duncan Robinson Podcast. God damn it. I'm your worst shooter in the world supporter, Bentovia. With me today is the best shooter in the world supporter, Luke Josh Weber. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, in reality, we are the Sports Ethos Miami Heat Podcast. The Sports Ethos Podcast, if you will. Um... And I don't hate Duncan Robinson, contrary to what Twitter may believe. I actually contrary quite to like what him. I believe. <laughs> I actually think him to be quite, quite a, quite an interesting fellow. I think, I think he's a an upstanding gentleman. I think he's, uh, you know, he's he's got a, a pretty good future in this basketball thing. Might make some money, and he's not bad at this whole podcast thing either. No, both the, he's he's incredible at whatever he does, whether it be uh, podcasting, shooting, or driving fouling. Ah, uh, god damn it! <laughs> I, I meant drawing charges. I meant drawing charges. Uh, he only had three fouls tonight against uh, Indiana. Yeah. I, oh wow, Omer fouled out, but didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, um, we are a sports ethos show. And listeners, uh, just really quickly, I'd like to take a moment to ask you to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. So, you're Miami Heat tonight. Uh, no Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo, no PJ Tucker. No Caleb Martin. No Victor Oladipo. Am I missing anyone? No, but you're missing. But the names that you just said, I mean, other than Tyler the entire Hero team. and Duncan. The entire I mean, team. The, the entire team. You can make one of the best uh, rosters in the NBA based on just who the Heat are missing. No Markeith Morris as well. That was the other one. I knew I was forgetting somebody. I'm sorry, Markeith. Um, yeah, and and Markeith, I mean, I haven't heard an update recently, but he's still dealing with that uh, spinal injury after uh, the uh, the cheap shot from Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I mean that. Which yes, we still hold a grudge about. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but yeah, I. But without all of these players, without their most of their rotation, your Miami Heat come into American Airlines or FTX Arena, excuse me, um, after a four-game road trip that they split two and two, after a even missing all these players, even with PJ getting hurt, what I would consider a pretty bad loss to the Detroit to the Detroit Pistons, who were losers of 14 games in a row coming into that game. Um Come in tonight against the Indiana Pacers and win 125 to 96, lead nearly start to finish, win every quarter and tie the fourth, tie a franchise record with 22 made triples, um, and just all around dominate the game. Uh, Luke, what did you like from the Heat tonight? Well, look, we came in and we won a game that we were supposed to win. That's one of the biggest takeaways from uh, the I, uh, the Magic game. I mean, this Indiana Pacers game, its defense has been really mediocre, giving up a lot of easy 
looks for Miami. And he, instead of stooping to level the opponent, um, they made their easy shots. They made the shots they should have made. Duncan Robinson and Tyler made some shots that uh, you would not expect to go in. But um, ultimately, they did what they were supposed to do. And what happens when you do what you're supposed to do and play your brand of basketball against a struggling team, you win. And you win by a lot. And the Heat won by a lot uh, tonight. I would actually push back. And I wouldn't necessarily say this is a game that they were. No, I wouldn't say this is a game that they were supposed to win. Indiana, like, with the exception of tj warren who has not played in over a year of real time um and i who else are they missing they're missing like one other player brogdon got injured in brogdon brogdon did get hurt in the first quarter that's true but like still they've got sabonis they've got your guy miles turner even if i don't think he's all that good um it's a good roster it is. Oh, they're TJ McConnell. They're missing TJ McConnell. I should have remembered that. I love TJ McConnell. And and so I think the, the main guy at the point for them was Brad Wallamaker, who needs a lot to be desired in the point guard position. But ultimately... I mean, they still have Karis LeVert. Like... I, I understand that, but here's, here's where you learn that talent is one thing. This team is a lot of talented players. But the sets that you're running, and this is no knock on uh, Coach Rick Carlisle, who we both would uh, recognize as a fantastic coach. Some of the defensive sets that they were running just left wide open guys on the perimeter. And the offensive sets always got caught up in that trap in the middle, and they struggled to get out of it. So I'm not sure it, it was a talent difference because it really wasn't. But just whatever they were doing tonight just wasn't working. I would just like my thing is this in terms of like pure basketball talent, Sabonis is the best player on the floor in this game. Yes. Is is that is that am I wrong in saying that? Yes, although he clearly was not the uh, the best player on the court tonight. No, he was not. He was not very good at all tonight. Um, that was uh, Mr. Tyler Hero. Like, like, but like, looking at like some of the other guys, like Karis Levert is a really good basketball player. Tory Craig's a very solid role player. Jeremy Lamb has killed the Heat in the past. Chris Duarte is a rookie that I really like. He can shoot them. I knew he was heck out of that tonight. I knew it. I mean, I, I, uh, I made my bets on him before the game. He is. Uh, he is such a uh, a uh, spark plug, and especially with the Heat, who would like to collapse that middle. Having a guy like that with a uh, sniper from the perimeter, he's always going to get his buckets against Miami. No, yeah, absolutely. Finished with a, a team-high 17 points tonight um, on only seven shots. But no, I that Indiana team is, that is a talented roster. They also have a guy... This isn't, I don't really know anything about him, but I thought it was funny. His name is Keelan Martin. Um, Eric Reed, the Heat's uh, play by play guy. Uh, yeah. They're calling him Kalen Martin. And so the first time I heard it, I heard him say Caleb Martin, and I got very confused. 
I thought I had missed something, but no. Um, yeah. The health and safety protocols. Just to clarify, the Heat have not traded Caleb Martin to Indiana. Um, but can you trade uh, guys on two ways? Is that a thing? I don't think so. Although you can trade dueling players, I think so. Um, I didn't know that. But but yeah, that yeah, I uh, I was trying to get a job with uh, Santa Cruz and spoke to uh, I think someone there, and uh, they were talking about their GM and how they can make transactions. And it's it's very interesting how the G League operates. I recommend everyone. Uh, Google and uh, do do your research there because as much as we talk about the NBA, uh, it's a big basketball world and there's a lot of interesting components. Um, but anyways, let's talk a little bit about uh, Miami because that's what I'm really excited to talk about. Although I definitely agree that if you're in the NBA and your last name is Martin, you should have to like add something at the end just that uh, the commentators don't get confused. And more importantly, so that Ben Toviet does not get confused. Uh, I know Zach Lowe loves to talk about on his podcast. He did an episode with Jeff Van Gundy, uh, like the first couple after the first couple weeks of the season, talking about they need to abbreviate all the greens in the NBA. There's too many greens. What like happens if you abbreviate? Michael, and you're like, just gonna get a bunch of JGs and DGs. It's all the it's all the colors, all the colors. There's too many greens. There's too many browns. I realize how that sounds suddenly, and I'm gonna shut up now. Yeah. Um, Let's just stick to hating on the Martins. Uh, that, we, we, we like that, we love Caleb. We love Caleb. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, there's well, only sorry. one. There's only one Martin for us. Um. um it's funny, uh, Luke. You mentioned the G League. Yeah, uh, and two-way players. Uh, the Heat signed a guy today. They uh, did with the, with the under the hardship. Um, uh, I believe the name Zylan Cheatham or Zylan Cheatham. Um, was playing in the G League. Was averaging, I believe, about fourteen points and ten rebounds. Yeah, he was in Birmingham, right? Yeah, for Birmingham, which is the. Pelicans G League yeah. affiliate. I mean that jersey. You're you're showing the jersey on screens here. That looks like a Pelicans jersey. Yes, it's definitely the Pelicans. Looking closer at it, I uh, recently had a game of 28 and 18. Um, I know that uh, highlights from that were kind of uh, circling on Twitter earlier today. Um, I don't really know much about him. I know he's a two way wing kind of player. Uh, so I. I was listening to uh, what they were saying on the pregame show for Five on the Floor, and, and uh, or Five Reasons. I'm not sure what their pre- uh, pregame show is called, but anyways, they were talking about him and uh, really an inspiring story. He um, he was playing, I, I think, in a college ball, got his team a win in uh, in the um, uh, March Madness tournament. And was able to play a game just right after the tragic death of his brother. So you can tell the guy really has a lot of drive in him. And he's really a, a really strong guy who has been through a lot. So I'm really hoping he can show off in Miami and whatever he can bring. Um, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, I hope he doesn't have to show his stuff here. Because hopefully the Heat don't get to a point where they, they need him. 
But yeah, I disagree yeah. there. I disagree. I think the silver lining to all of this NBA COVID stuff, and obviously it's difficult, it's not good. The silver lining is that guys like Zillin Cheatham can show up and, and really impress everybody. And that's something I, that's really great. I understand that. It's just that, like, I don't need any more players getting sick. A quarter of the league has been in health and safety protocols. Look, StatMuse tweeted that out earlier today. Literally 25% of NBA players this season have been at some point in the health and safety protocols. And while it's nice that guys like Zylan Cheatham and other G-leaguers are getting their chance to get called up and make an impact for NBA teams... This shouldn't be how that happens. So I want to clarify for anyone who doesn't know, um, and this might include you, Ben. Um, right. The, the health and safety protocols, when someone gets in health and safety protocols, it does not mean that they have COVID. No, the absolutely. Is, I understand. I, the no, the I NBA is trying to prevent having to shut down. And the way that they're doing this is by making it very strict. They're essentially saying if you've had any contact with anybody who's been near COVID, they're making it very strict so that they can keep all NBA players with even a slight chance of having COVID off of the court so that it will not spread. Yes, yes, that is correct. And it's a great move by Adam Silver not to shut down because, as we know, there's a lot of people Uh, involved in the NBA. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not saying about maybe it might be best health-wise to shut down, but think about it. The NBA is a big business. There's a lot of people who would uh, have a large negative impact on them if the NBA were to shut down. I know a lot of part-time workers would lose their jobs, and if the league can continue to uh, uh, play out this season without – uh, having a massive outbreak of actual COVID, then I think that's good for everybody. I Here's my thing with that, Luke, is that just like by operating in the way that they are right now, they are putting so, so, so many people at risk. Like at the very least, at the very least, go to half capacity in, in the stands. That. Like at at, at the very least, man, like there are thousands, tens of thousands of people being put at risk here. No, you're right. You're right. And this, this Omicron thing is really tough. A couple members of my family have it and they didn't even know it's, it's, it's spreading like wildfire, but, um, ultimately there, there, there's only so much that you can do, and we've already seen what happens when the NBA shut down. And they really, you know, that there's not going to be a bubble. And so, if we're talking about an NBA season continuing, this seems to be the only way, other than uh, limiting uh, stadium capacity. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like just keeping things going at the way they are right now at at a certain point something's going to give and i don't think it's going to be the virus that's that's fair well you know what i i i think um 
we've gone a, a little bit sad on uh, on what should be a really happy episode. You know why this is really happy? Because it's around the holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. So tis the season of giving, but stop giving your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISPs lot to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. So celebrate the holidays and take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotional link at ExpressVPN slash Hoopball. Yes, they still have the old name. Sorry about that. To get a three bonus months on a 12-month subscription, it's super easy. Turning it on just takes one click. I know I've used it, and uh, it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass 2. Once more, that's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Grab those three bonus months now. So let's get back to this game then, because this is just such an exciting game to talk about just because I feel like everything went right for Miami. They got all I, those easy. I agree. Are you, are you gonna? Oh, I was scared you were gonna say. You know, I'm gonna push back on that. But really, you gotta agree. This game really went well. I mean, Kyle. I want to start with Kyle Lowry because I think there's an argument to be made that he had the biggest impact on this game. Um, because even though he went three for nine from the field. Getting 11 rebounds and 12 assists and really being a menace on defense against whoever the uh, the Pacers put out on the perimeter. And I think he really had an incredible impact in getting guys as easy looks. I noticed something today um, in the T- way that tell he me was playing. Wh- tell me what you noticed in all of your infinite wisdom. No, I don't think I will. I, th- I think I'm just going to sit on that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. um, what I saw today is something guys like Kyle Lowry, guys like Jimmy Butler, what they excel at is finding a mismatch and exploiting it. Yes. Jimmy especially. That's how Jimmy gets most of his points. He'll get a smaller guy on him, take him to the basket, and either get fouled or finish through contact or shoot over him. That is what he is elite at. Kyle is also very good at that. We saw him in that Clippers game, 22 points in the fourth quarter. A lot of that came against Ivica Zubats, getting a seven-footer on him and just taking him to the basket or just shaking him out of his shoes with dribble moves. So fast forward to tonight, and I'm seeing Gabe Vincent terrorizing Miles Turner on the offensive end, like taking him out to the three-point line, dribble, dribble, crossover, step back, three. I'm seeing Tyler Hero. Possession after possession after possession after possession. Just completely cooking DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And it's like, this is the kind of things, this is what veteran presence is all about. This is why you need veterans on your roster. Because this is the kind of things young guys don't normally figure out that quickly. And, like, and speaking of yeah, and, and speaking of veterans, uh, PJ Tucker, Victor Oladipo, Bam and Bio on the bench cheering the rest of the guys on, and you could tell from Max Struess and Gabe Vincent from Tyler Hero, those guys really 
they used that as fuel to keep them going. They really fed off of that. And it really says a lot that you've got those guys on the bench that are really making an impact without being on the court. And uh, speaking of someone who usually does that, Udonis Haslam actually was on the court tonight, which is always exciting to see. And I, I think you may have been correct. If you hadn't heard, uh, Ben had a theory, which is that this may be Udonis Haslam's last season in the NBA. And your evidence was that he was playing the last game of every season series. Well, this was the last game of the season series against Indiana. And what do you know? You get six minutes from Udonis Haslam at the end of the game. It's a three. He hit a three. Yeah. Well, what do he you think about three. that? He hit the three to tie the franchise record for threes. The only way that could have been better if he is if that three had set a new franchise record. But um, really quickly, I did find the one thing to push back on how everything went kind of perfect oh, for Miami man. this game. Udonis Haslam only hit one of his three shots tonight. Yeah. Well, he got a board. He did get one rebound. Take that, Bam. Haha. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, no. I thought you made. Udonis Haslam got more rebounds than Bam and about tonight. This is true. I thought you made a great point, though. Um, everyone, with the exception of Caleb Martin, um, who was out tonight, was sitting on the bench. Uh, Caleb obviously still in health and safety, but everyone else was there and just cheering on, like. I, the the guy I always notice the most on the bench is, is Vic, Victor Oladipo. Oh, yeah, he's up there. Like, you can tell he wants to be out there again. Like, he really misses playing. I've been watching a lot of uh, film from his uh, Orlando years. Yeah. And um, just just a uh, hobby. I, I, I loved his athleticism back then. And he was one of my favorite players just coming into his rookie year before I even knew uh, what he would do later in Indiana. But that, that's one of the reasons I was so excited when he uh, came to Miami. I know he doesn't have that athleticism anymore, but just what a personality to have on a basketball team. Such an incredibly kind of easygoing, fun guy to have around. I'm not sure if you've listened to his music. Um, I just started listening to some of the music that he's uh, produced. He's really an incredible singer, so I recommend all of you take a listen to him on uh, Spotify or wherever you uh, listen uh, to music. Really just an, got an incredible voice, and I can just imagine he's going to be singing in the locker room once he gets back in the game excited for all of it i don't know about that i've heard him i've heard him do some stuff live and it's uh it takes him as a musician i i kind of notice it takes him a little bit of time to kind of snap in and figure out what key he's trying to sing in but once that's, he does he's, that's he's, fair he's rock solid once he figures it out though um yes and that's why he's even better in the recording studio now ben and i yeah. both have some music experience he's we've got a, a natural uh rivalry since he's a band kid and I'm a choir boy but um he's definitely uh struggles at first just getting on key but when he sings it, it and he's going well it's beautiful beautiful yeah. voice music music has uh, recently come back into my life in a big way and so it's it's kind of part of the reason I've been so busy 
Um, I haven't been able to do as many episodes lately. But um, anyways, yeah. getting back to tonight been, and yeah, guys who actually music to my ears is um, the amount of threes these guys are getting. I think one of the big takeaways from the last couple games is if you don't have Bam and and you don't have Jimmy Butler, you don't have PJ Tucker, you better hit your threes. And <laughs> they he sure hit their threes tonight. Something, something I actually really quickly want, want to talk about that I noticed was uh, going back to talking about the guys who are out tonight making a big impact, being on the bench, cheering on their teammates. No one, they were not like more animated and more like, you know, applauding louder or cheering louder for anyone than Omer Yurt 7. Oh, yeah. And he needs- every. He he grabbed six offensive boards, and every single one, the entire bench was standing. He yeah. like he had, in my opinion, his best game as a pro, um, which is funny considering both of them have now come against Indiana. Uh, eight points, a career high, thirteen rebounds, a poster dunk over Demontis Sabonis, and uh, he fouled out as well. That was a good dunk. That, that was, was a good, good dunk. dunk. I mean, I, I just look, he's got some good stuff on offense and he has the potential to be a great rebounder. But it's just sometimes he's out there and he just does not look like a basketball player. He's letting guys go right past him. He's not he's like not moving on offense. It just it, it makes me upset sometimes to see him out there. He's limited right now, you know, like it is, this is his first real stretch of professional basketball at the NBA level. And that's not like, of course, he's going to look a little limited, you know, but I think the fact that he's figuring it out and kind of every game, it's looking a little more sound and a little more together is good. There's certain matchups where he's not going to be very good against Milwaukee's one of them. But if he can give you, like, teams like Indiana, teams like a Philadelphia against an Andre Drummond, like, he can give you minutes against these slower backup centers because he is – the ball just kind of finds him sometimes, you know? It's, it's hey, a I, very much yeah. – not, not, not to compare him to, to uh, everyone's favorite max player, Hassan Whiteside, but – what made Hassan such a revelation early on was the fact that the ball would just kind of find him sometimes. Like it would come off the rim and just kind of gravitate towards him. And I see like a similar thing with Omer where he's just always kind of in the right place to grab a rebound um, on the offense or defensive end. Now yeah. he needs to actually start grabbing those rebounds as opposed <laughs> to tipping them but I saw him do it a few times tonight, so there's some progress there. And, and 13 rebounds is, is nothing to... Uh, 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 what's the phrasing there? But um, Sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. There, there Which you should and, be covering your mouth and wearing a mask. Yes. Health and safety protocols. Anyway. Um, anyway, we like... Uh, look, we like that he's... Uh, uh, a development project that he definitely liked their development projects. And ultimately it may take time for a guy like that to really form into uh, a great player, but 
we see guys take a long time to really mold themselves into being really productive. And speaking of people who have taken a long time to become productive, can we talk about Casey Akpala? We can, but really quickly, can I talk about my guy, Marcus Garrett? You can talk about your guy, Marcus Garrett, while we're talking about these projects. Because I thought like 19 points, one of or 19 points, 19 minutes, one of three from the field, two points, which are just his second NBA bucket in his career. But I thought he was fantastic tonight. He looked good in that late game. Just like defensively did everything right, I thought. Um, Yeah, that's all you can ask for. I mean, he only had a 10 man rotation and. He was kind of forced to be uh, the the last man in there, and um, yeah, nine man rotation. My bad. I mean, listen, this dude playing at Kansas was the defensive player of the year in his conference. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that conference is because I'm not a big college basketball guy, but I know he was defensive player of the year in it. And like, mm. you can just tell he's got the wingspan. Like, I, I watched him grab a rebound over Sabonis and Turner today, and I was like, how the hell did he do that? And then I looked at his arms, and I was like, oh, that's how he did that. Yeah, his arms yeah. are so long. Like, this dude has potential to be an elite defender. I see it. It's so, like, blatant. It's there. If they can, like, actually – if they can do the Josh Richardson thing to him. Then you send me Josh Richardson uh, comparisons to Marcus Garrett like every day. I find it so funny. But I, um, man, you know I love Jay Rich. He had a really great game the other night, and then I believe was immediately put in the health and safety protocols. It's yeah, not fair, yeah. man. That's good God, luck Jay to uh, Josh Richardson uh, going through uh, COVID protocols. Uh, whatever he's going through, wish him the very best. Um, Once seen back down the court, come uh, home, Rook too. Fight. You know, you yeah, want to. Despite the fact that he's playing for a team that we uh, both despise here at uh, Sport Ethos Heat. Um, but, anyways, let's get Shout back out to, to the Ethos Celtics, guys. They do really good yes, work. They, they do, definitely. If, if you enjoy uh, hearing uh, people talk about really terrible teams, you should definitely listen to Sport Ethos Celtics. But um, especially if you want a team that has not won a uh, championship since 2008. Anyways, He's won one championship since the Berlin Wall fell. Anyway, Casey, Casey go ahead for, for the 20th time. Casey Akpala, seven for nine from the field, more importantly, two for three from the three point line. Just doing what he has to had do. Had a dunk, had a reverse dunk, had a like, reverse like up and under dunk. He looks like an NBA player. Yeah, yeah, he did. And yes, he's um, being thrust into a role that he probably wouldn't have if a couple guys uh, hadn't been injured. But ultimately, you've got a guy who's really looks confident out there. He's being aggressive. He's going for stuff. And especially, uh, I mean, what we saw from him in prior seasons was just he looked lost out there. He he uh, wasn't really uh, that aggressive, didn't look like he wanted it. This game, and and throughout this season, I know he's had some tough games, but he's really looked like he wanted it bad, and he's played like that. And I'm really excited to see it, because I know a lot of people, um, um, maybe myself included, allegedly, um, were 
doubting him, but he's he's really fought back against that so far, and it's had some really uh, really some nice plays recently. Yeah, I mean, he is like one. He's a very emotional player. Is something I've seen. Like he's yelling, he's screaming, he's like flexing. And I, I love those kinds of guys. Like I love the Dylan Brookses, the PJ Tuckers, Jimmy the Butler, Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. I mean, Jimmy is like the prime example of that. Oh yeah, you but want like, guys that play with all they got. Yeah, but like, listen, he has been like in his last ten games a almost thirty six percent three point shooter. That's good enough. I give PJ Tucker a lot of credit for, like, it's clear he's been in his ear a ton. And he's he's starting to figure things out. He's getting the, the necessary reps. Whereas last year, it kind of felt like they were... I don't really... like. I guess what's different this year is that he's got vets in his ear that are really, like that play have been in his position and know how it feels. But like, it's just, it's such a drastic change from anything we've seen from him before that he just, he looks playable. And like, I don't want to jinx it. Obviously, like he needs to keep stringing together these games consistently. There's, he's still having his moments where it's not looked great, but like for the most part, it's there's the pieces are starting to come together. The puzzle, the outline of the puzzle has been completed. And now like the, the, the upper left quadrant of the puzzle is starting to get filled in. But if he's a guy who can continue to play like he has tonight, and then he, he becomes can... movable. <sighs> See, th- this is the problem with, uh, with, with heat fans. You're always thinking about the transaction. Um, which makes sense because I think you always want to get better and you always want, you want to, especially at depth at that power forward position, uh, that's a bit more experienced than, uh, Casey Akpala is, but ultimately if this guy continues to do what he's been doing, he could be a pretty good cog in the rotation going forward. But like, you say that, but like for this team, this build, what is his role? What can at 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 like if third string power forward? Okay, how many minutes is he gonna get in the playoffs? Is that depends on the health of other guys. Fair. I mean, we might God at this rate. Like, I don't want to be. I don't want to be grim, but we might never see Marquise Morris again. That's how it feels. Like, remember the Justice concussion two years ago. I remember. In also in Denver. How we didn't hear anything about it. Yeah. That's what this feels like. How we kept seeing him on the sidelines and didn't really hear any like you know, and like Keith. I like Keith. I wasn't super high on the signing. He was starting to figure things figure out his role. But I don't know, man. Like I hope he's okay. We hope he's okay. Um, all of us at Sport Ethos wish the best for uh, Marquise Morris uh, going forward. Um, but ultimately, I think it, when, when you talk about KZ Akpala, he's a guy who 
he could really keep having these booms going forward and he could be that fill-in guy because he really, he, he, I mean, I just said they need depth at power forward. I think if Casey continues to develop, he can't be that depth. I know I actually, I had him on my uh, fantasy basketball team in a pretty deep league. And I Why? I, because I was literally... I'm like, kidding, I'm my, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All my team was injured. Pascal Siakam uh, was out, and a bunch of guys were out. I was just like, you know what? Hell what? I, I thought he was going to start. It was actually Max Drews, but I put him in the lineup, and, um, well, I was rewarded for it. Yeah. But um, speaking of uh, fantasy, we actually have a brand-new daily fantasy partner at Sport Ethos, which is Thrive Fantasy. So prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sport Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So we talked a bit about KG Akpala and his shooting night. Speaking of shooters, um, I, I um, we're having a complicated relationship over at Sport Ethos with uh, Mr. Robinson. He, uh, some nights he looks really, really good. Some nights, um, he doesn't. But tonight he was great. I think, points. Luke, I think the Heat have figured it out that the way to fix Duncan Robinson is to start him at power forward. I, I truly do think that this might be the future of his career. This is, is, this, is, stretch, this, is this a take? This is the stretch four we've been looking for next to Jimmy and Bam he, for the last... No, are, this are is we, not the take. Are we seeing um, Steve Novak 2.0? God, I hope not. <laughs> Steve Novak, the best teammate Dwayne Wade ever played with in college. Oh yeah, yeah. Not not a not a joke, by the way. Um, played with him at Marquette. I didn't realize Steve Novak was the same general age as Dwayne Wade. I thought he was a younger guy, just because I never heard about him before New York. But but um, what, what, so if if he will not be playing a stretch four. What do you think about Duncan Robinson in these games? Because it really is tough to make any analysis because I think uh, you've been on the negative side. I've been on the optimistic side, and I think we've both been wrong. Well, Luke, there are, there's two more games before we're allowed to have the Duncan Robinson episode that we, we, we have set this, this boundary for ourselves. Correct? Correct. Correct. Um. I thought he was really good tonight. I like the fact that he took six two-point shots. I think my biggest issue with Duncan is that I don't necessarily know if this is a thing. I'd need to look more at it if it's that the defense doesn't allow him to start, like, getting to, you know, getting to his two-point shots, getting to his mid-range, getting to the basket. 
before he hits threes or if he just chooses to wait until he's hitting threes to start doing the other stuff. But I want him to do more of the other stuff, you know? I mean, he got to the paint. I mean, no, he did. If, if, I don't know if you, uh, it, he, on some of those uh, three point shots, because it, look, what's really important for Duncan is that he makes the easy ones because he made the easy made the easy ones at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Then he got hot, and once that guy gets hot, there's no way to stop him. Then he started making the tough ones, and then they start really going out tight out there. And so what does he do? He goes in. He even got some contested shots in the paint on those drives. And so you can tell was, the guy has some talent in there. There was a period, and I rewatched this. It was about midway through the second quarter where the Heat were up by, I believe, 13 or 14 points. And Duncan hit a three. And then they got a stop. And the next possession, Duncan comes off a screen, drives, does this little weird, like, hook thing, like this weird, like, hook shot kind of thing, and it goes in, and it's like yeah. a, a layup. It's like this weird hook layup. I don't really know how to describe the shot, but it worked. And then the next possession, he drives, has two guys waiting for him in the paint, goes up and under. I love that. And, and layup, and he scored seven points in a row. And only one of it came on threes. And that's, that is the guy I want. I want that guy all the time. Am I, am I being unreasonable? You're not being unreasonable. And you know where it all comes from? It comes from hitting the easy shots early in the game. Okay. But teams are going to guard him either way at the beginning of the game, correct? Yes. I'm just saying you have to get a guy like that in the rhythm and then everything becomes possible. I also I also think it does somewhat help that the Heat played uh, a a form of five out for most of this game. They did. Even it Devin made got rim a shot. It made rim pressure surprisingly easy considering I, that everyone was a three-point threat. And considering that the opposing team is, like, well-known for defending the paint. Yeah. Which, I mean, Luke, was I right about Miles Turner or was I wrong about Miles Turner? I mean, on, on offense, he was okay. He took five shots, Luke. Against Dwayne Dedman and Omer Seven. he took five shots. One of them was from three. He stood in the corner for most of the night. How many there was minutes a play- did he play? He played he 22, 22 minutes. minutes. Come on. Went four for five in 22 Justin minutes. Justin Holiday played the same amount of minutes as Miles Turner and took twice as many shots. And he missed all of them. He made... <laughs> Yeah, he took twice as many and made half as many. This is true. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do I mean, you want? Listen, I just, like, I watched him multiple possessions either not being guarded or being guarded by Kyle Lowry in the corner. Kyle Lowry is six feet tall. Miles Kyle Turner is, is seven defender. feet tall. 
You are not giving enough also, respect to Kyle Lowry. He's also a foot shorter than Miles Turner. He's and much less one of the best paint defending guards in the NBA. And Miles Turner is seven feet tall standing in the corner. And I'm, I'm just saying you you like can't this is, underestimate this is the, the Anthony power. Davis argument. This is the thing that people get mad at Anthony Davis for, except like except like it's worse somehow. Because at least AD is like he can he does do the other stuff. Not all the time, but he does it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I I am sold on uh on Miles Turner not taking full advantage of his opportunities and I was also uh really uh shocked by how many easy baskets he allowed at the uh, at the rim. But ultimately the the Heat were really able to capitalize on some of the defensive lapses from the Pacers big men tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know who I'm sold on? Who are you sold on? I'm sold on Gabe Vincent being a Ooh. real a real thing. He was in, like, don't get don't uh let his inefficiency tonight phase you because he was really really good. He has been really really good. Like over his last ten games, twelve points, four assists, thirty eight percent from three on, like, a not insignificant amount of volume, averaging a steal per game. Like, this this is a guy, man. Like, he defends at a high level. He competes at an astronomically high level. This is... This is a Heat guy. I'm not sure if you remember, um, but at the beginning of the season... Uh, ESPN analyst uh, Zach Lowe had a podcast where he was going through all the teams in the NBA and talking about where they stood. And you know the one uh, uh, ding he gave against Miami was? Depth. Depth. Specifically their backup point guard spot. He mentioned Gabe Vincent by name, saying that he wasn't ready to be an NBA point guard. Uh, what I saw tonight is an NBA player. I mean, maybe not a traditional point guard, but uh, I mean, yeah. that that is an NBA player right there. Yeah, this is like he's like a, he is a combo guard. I think um, he's, he's, like he's, he's a little guards. undersized. He's a little too undersized to be a shooting guard. But um, and, I think Max Bruce is a bit undersized to be a power forward. Go on. <laughs> I mean, to be here, to be fair to Zach Lowe, um, who I respect greatly. We we both respect him, but we also um, like to make fun of him when he messes up. Bleak his future in the NBA, but um, yeah. at the beginning of the se- season, Gabe didn't look ready. He got benched for a significant portion of the early goings. Um, and then it became. Then he became nest a necessity to play because they didn't have other bodies and he has come into his own here where when they have needed him to step up, he stepped up beyond, I think any of our imaginations outside of that locker room. 
Yeah, necessity breeds invention, and necessity breeds guys uh, shining in their moments. And he really has. I mean, he's had those really standout games where he gets 20-something points. I know he had that back-to-back 26-27 point games. But really, just as a guy who can go out there, be a scoring threat, space the floor, make some nice dribble drives and pass outside to other players, really doing a lot to keep the ball moving, which is what I'm really excited about. You've got a guy who may not be maybe not be one of the best players on the court, but you've got a guy who the team, the other team really has to focus on. And this guy came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's him and the, the two way guys from last year, it's him and Max, Max Struess. Max Struess. To be fair. Max and, you know, if we're going to rag on Zach Lowe, let's be fair to him. He said before the season, like, he, I, I think this is like an actual, I'm quoting this correctly, where he was like, we're going to be a quarter way through this season and Max Struess is going to be shooting 38% from three on wow. like good volume. And like, I'm not going to be surprised at all. Like Zach, Zach has been saying for a while that Max can play. We've all seen for a while that Max can play. He's shooting like, what is he on the season? 41% on the season from three. 38, please. 44% in his last 10. Oh, my like, God. He was and a he had a down night tonight. tonight. Yeah, he only four for night. 12 tonight. But like, and he got seven rebounds and four assists and 18 yeah, yeah, points. Yeah, exactly. Like, this this dude, we saw it in Summer League. He was We saw in Summer League, this guy is too good for Summer League. This guy looks like an NBA player. Yeah, and, and I always say, you know a guy's good in Summer League if he looks like he shouldn't be in Summer League. Desmond Bain this year was another shining yep. example of that. Yeah, Memphis now Grizzlies. Now he's leading a Memphis team. Now he has he led a Memphis team in the absence of John Morant. That look, yeah. that team looks like a contender, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. But, um, but Max, well, like... I I don't even like some of those shots. Yeah. Like, let's put it this way some of these shots that we're seeing from Robinson, from Struth, Vincent, Hiro, the Heat's resident uh, snipers, they look too far to be like shots from a Heat player. Like, the Heat are used to playing a very traditional brand of basketball but what's so great about this this sort of culture change with with Kyle Lowry is you're really extending the court getting a lot more spacing and seeing guys like Tyler Hero hitting and, and Max Strews hitting those shots closer to the logo it's not just a cool thing not just a cool highlight when a guy can hit a shot from the logo it opens up the court even further for everybody else like I'm watching like Tyler doing double step backs and like like Gabe doing like crossovers and like Max just just bullying guys and then stepping back and it's just like Heat guys don't do this. Yeah. Heat guys was, don't take Heat guys don't do the James Harden double step back. I was looking at uh Hero uh tonight and uh, after the game some of those highlights 
Um, and I, he was pulling up from deep, and I was just like, wait a second. Eric Spolstra never could have signed off on that. I'm like, I'm watching Tyler in the fourth quarter, like, like shooting fadeaways over two guys, splash, next possession, pulls up from 30, splash. And I'm like, what, what the hell are you on, man? What the <laughs> hell is, what are you doing? What? It's a lot of fun to watch. And as good as uh, Dwayne Demon was on the screens, oftentimes these guys didn't even need the screen. They got them unassisted. They got them up. Creating, they're creating more space than Dolphins receivers. <laughs> not, na- not named Jalen Waddle. Not named Jalen Waddle. All right. Yeah. Um, we, speaking we of Tyler. Dolphins caught at some point. But speaking of Tyler, go ahead. Uh, made his return tonight after missing three games. I yeah, think. three games. And he came back energized, as most yeah. guys do off of big breaks. Started off shooting a little rough, but he got that dunk in the second quarter that kind of like woke him up a little bit. Oh, uh, finishes, brother. Finishes eight for 17, five of eight from, from three, 26 five points. Eight from three. Oh, my God. I think the biggest thing tonight from him was uh, six free throw attempts. That doesn't, I, that might not seem like a, a lot in a vacuum, but like I've been saying, if this is a guy that can get four to five free throw attempts a night, he becomes an all star. And undoubtedly, you know my biggest for. takeaway was what was your biggest takeaway? 21 minutes. That too. He did that all too. That. He had 26 points, five assists, an incredible efficiency in 21 minutes. Yeah. He, He's good. He's really, really good. A plus 31 team high game high by by far. Um, He's a good player. Like he's a really, really good player. Is he an all star? If Bam and Jimmy continue this year, is he an all star this year? If Bam and Jimmy are still out by like, uh, for a couple more weeks, which we hope they'll come back, but if they if don't. He, if he keeps doing the over twenty points thing, yes, because because in the absence of Bam and Jimmy, it becomes undeniable that he needs to start. I thought tonight was an exception because you're missing PJ and you needed someone a little bit bigger, a little bit stock like stronger, like Max, just to like kind of figure it out. And I. I respect Spo's decision to not start KZ, considering how well he's been playing with that second unit. Um, PJ was walking around and he looked good, so he should be back soon, hopefully. And and that's the funny thing is that when when uh, Bam and Jimmy go down, a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, this team can do it. They're just going to really struggle and rely a lot on PJ Tucker, really being a big facilitator, and Kyle Lowry being a big scorer. Neither of those happened. P.J. Tucker goes out with an injury. He was a facilitator before, but now he's just uh, he's out uh, for the time being. And uh, Kyle Lowry has had some good scoring games, but ultimately that's not what he's been doing. And ultimately, it's, it's just falling on the other guys. I mean, they're missing P.J. Tucker, and they're going up against a team that's really only missing one or two uh, key players. You've got like all-star caliber uh, player in uh, Demontis Sabonis and some really solid role players in starting caliber players in Karis Levert and uh, Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. 
who uh, albeit uh, missed most of the game, we've also got Jeremy Lamb coming off the bench, who we know is a great scorer, and uh, Chris Duarte, who we mentioned at the beginning of the show. And who do you got on this side? You've got Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, Dwayne Dedman, Casey Akala, Omer Yurt Seven, uh, Marcus Garrett. I mean, you've got guys who come out of nowhere and are able to have such incredible impacts. It's just so fun to watch, man. You've got a team that's that's scraping stuff, and and that really, um, like most of the uh, players at the beginning of the season. If you go onto Twitter, most people wouldn't have even recognized their name. I think that's yeah. what this team is all about. You've got guys who are just doing great things. And it's it's just so impressive. It's really just great. Yeah. I'm just I'm floored that they've just they're missing three of their their regular starters. A guy who was starting in place of your best player and they're your backup four. You're missing both of your power forwards or your rotation power forwards, your two best players and your two-way guy who was a revelation and scored 28 points against the defending champions. And they've been fine. Like, Bam comes back in a few weeks, like two more weeks, probably. Jimmy's going to probably be back in the next week, I'd imagine. Like, I'd say, I'd say either the Detroit game or the, or the Orlando game would be a good time for him to come back. Um, like, they have the shooting that was so questionable for the first 15, 20 games of the season, finding itself at the perfect time while you're missing all of your guys who create rim pressure and carry the heavy lifting offensively. You couldn't ask for anything better in their absence. So here's what I want to ask you, because I think it all comes down to this. When we talk about these guys at the end of the bench who are stepping up, we're approaching trade season. The Heat have, without Jimmy, without Bam, beat the Bucks, the Bulls, the Sixers, the Magic, the Pacers. With Gabe Three of those Vincent. sound better than the other two. Fair, but they're all NBA teams. They're all wins. I don't know, man. That Magic team was missing, like, all of their guys. Okay, okay. But but regardless, you've got... And the Heat were missing all of their guys. I mean, true. it was Gabe Vincent and uh, Max Strews putting up all the points. Guys... The, the, ma- at- the Magic were playing guys I've never heard of, though, Luke. And we're playing guys that the Magic have never heard of. Well, you're telling me they don't know who... Chikezi Okpala is? <laughs> I'm just saying that we talk about these guys as as like uh, just commonplace or Heat players. Most of the league doesn't, the casual fan doesn't know who these players are. Just like yeah. we don't know who uh, 
some of the guys in the Magic Hat out there. Although, name one. Uh, name one of the G Leaguers that they brought up. I know they brought up BJ Johnson. I know him. I mentioned him on yes. the pod. Yes. But um, I'm true. a fan of him. Um, and then obviously Admiral Schofield and uh, Mulder, the guy from uh, Golden State. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was a G League guy. Yeah, um, but r- regardless, the Heat going forward have a relatively easy schedule, seeing the Pistons again, uh, hoping to get their revenge with uh, Tyler here on the court. Got the Magic again, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Rockets, and then they start to deal with the tougher stretch against uh, those Western Conference foes. But ultimately, what I'm asking is, is you've got such a good stretch of games going so far, and guys who are really showing a lot. And obviously, you want to explore trade possibilities to get better. But with this current salary situations, you're not really getting a lot unless you're trading Duncan Robinson. That's a much bigger move. But if the Heat team continues to play like this and really good, hard basketball without most of their best players, I mean, should he really be urgent to make a trade right now? And if they should, if you think they should, what kind of trade should they be looking for? I think they, in terms of trades, they need to be looking at something to shore up that power forward position. Um, looking for a starter? Not, I didn't say that. Because what PJ is bringing right now is like what PJ has brought over the last few games is and this entire season is something I don't think any of us knew he had. Like this dude is having a career year at age 36. And I've never seen him do the I've never he, seen him even showcase any of the skills that he's using to do all of it. But um I think the fact that Keith is still out and it's been like 20 games is something they really need to be looking at and be concerned about. Does it have to be a trade? How else do you, I don't under, I don't see another way to figure that out, but like ultimately the guys that I've heard you talk about are like Harrison Barnes type players. The Heat oh, sure, yeah. will not. The Heat will, and in order to get a guy who's making really more than five million bucks, in order to get a guy like that, you have to trade Duncan Robinson. Now I can tell you this: the Heat are not trading Duncan Robinson for a backup power forward. No, correct. Um, well, in terms of, do you want to do like best player available, or do you want to do like? I want to do real. I want to be realistic here because ultimately. We can make some some uh, uh, fake trades, which is really exciting, and we probably should do at some point. But ultimately, when we talk about what this team is actually going to do and what's actually going to happen, Duncan Robinson is not getting traded unless it's part of a really big deal. And uh, backup power forward is not a really big deal. I think maybe on the buyout market we'll see something. Maybe uh, someone from uh, Geely gets brought up. But ultimately... I think at, at this point, you're not going to see a big trade for a really uh, uh, prominent back-to-power forward 
because you're really gonna need Duncan Robinson involved to make that happen. I'm just right now. I'm trying to think of guys who are like. Do you want to do like? I'm trying to think of guys who are like going to be available and who are going to be on teams that are willing to trade them. I mean, you know? you've got Kelly Olynyk on the screen, and that's obviously one. Thing I mean, I don't kills. think that's a. Th- I don't think that's a thing that happens because of the salary. Because of the salary. No, but mm. I'm I'm thinking there's a guy I am thinking about, and I'm thinking about him for one playoff run, and like. I don't necessarily know that I do it, but like I've been watching him play the last 10, 12 games, and he like nearly turned his team's season around. And that's Eric Gordon. You're gonna you're trading Duncan Robinson for Aaron Gordon. I didn't say that. I did not say I mean that's a deal. That's the only that's what it I understand that's what it would be. But, like, I'm not saying it's something that I would do. I'm saying it's something I think about. Evan Fournier was dumb. Objectively, Thank that you. was a dumb decision. Or a dumb, a dumb statement by me. I just, I, my, my, my flash, my PTSD flashbacks to him terrorizing us in Orlando and last year in Boston you can understand why anyway eric gordon has been lights out over the past however many games like i'm 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 going to pull up some of his numbers um here for for us um I'm watching i i watch Houston games now that I'm at rice no yeah no i know and like he's been really good <laughs> Like his last 10 games, 18 and five, shooting 50% from three. He's just, he's shooting 45%, almost 45% from three this year, averaging 15 points a game. Like he is a, at the very least, average defender. And I've always been an Eric Gordon fan. Like New Orleans, the Clippers, but it's so, just, the my one concern with him would be health, which is why I, which is why it's like a thing that I don't really think can, can I'd I necessarily do. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, what is that? We're talking about film holes. You're, you're talking about getting a backup power forward. What is an Eric Gordon trade? I'm saying what I'm doing right there is best. What I'm doing there is best player available. I'm not trading Duncan Robinson, and all you're really getting is maybe an upgrade at shooting guard. Maybe not even if his health concerns continue, and Duncan Robinson uh, continues to shoot the three efficiently. I'm just saying because you upgrade. You asked me about trades, and I'm trying to find trades for you. I'm being that is realistic. What is happening here. I am let, also being let, realistic. Let's put it in, no, you're not. Let, no, that's why I'm way. saying it's something that I would consider not necessarily do. Here's another player that I'm looking at is uh, Tory Craig. Hmm. 
That's a guy I'm a big fan of. Just okay, a guy who can be a solid back and power forward, do exactly all you need him to do on the Pacers right now, and they seem to kind of be blowing it up. Um, he played actually pretty well against uh, the Heat tonight, although he wasn't that present on the court. But I, I just I think he's the kind of guy who just be a film player and sort of be an undervalued asset, which I know that he loves. And he's only making $5 million. I think that he could piece that together with some of those end-of-the-bench contracts and maybe an exception or two. But ultimately, that's the kind of guy that we're looking for if you're not going to be trading Duncan Robinson. And if you are going to be trading Duncan Robinson, it shouldn't be for a slight upgrade at the same position. I just, right now, I'm not sure what the market is. It's still too early. There's still so many teams that are kind of in purgatory right now that you're not sure if they're going to be buying or selling at the deadline. Um, I think a team like Orlando is interesting. Um, just in terms of the way they're rebuilding. They are a team that has a lot of guys who want playing time. Um, not necessarily all of them are going to get it when they're fully healthy and not completely ravaged by COVID. So like, again, I go back to a guy like Terrence Ross, who is just a guy I like. Um, I don't, I don't fully like believe I'm just, I'm trying to like, you asked me for trades. I'm trying to figure out trades right now. And I don't really necessarily know who's available. Um, All right, I so just... we, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's not trade season yet. All I'm saying is that I don't think that it's too rational to just go out and make whatever trade we can find because ultimately this team, yes, it's obviously not as good as it could be and you can add pieces in certain places, but I mean, when you think about it, this team is without really most of its best players and doing really, really well. You should be happy for what's going on, and obviously you always want to get better. But it's no reason to make a brash decision involving one of the Heat's best assets. Um, You just really want to take care of your team, take care of everything. And... um, yeah, that's all I'm saying. If you have any uh, trade suggestions, please feel free to uh, to send them over to uh, my Twitter handle at Luke Josh Webb or uh, Ben's Twitter handle at um at Karmic Bead seven one nine three. I think. Um, just let us know what you're thinking. We always love talking uh, basketball and different trade ideas, even when I'm being a bit of a Debbie Downer about it. And, uh, you know, we always just want to take care of ourselves. And uh, speaking, I think, we, Luke, I think we should trade for Kawhi. Uh, God damn it. Yeah. Before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com. Take care of yourself for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL, 
on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Hey, Ben. Yes, sir. Want to say goodbye to the people? No, I think you should. People might oh. be mad at me right now. Yeah, I, I think people might be mad. All right. I think our, our buddy Sean Rochester really doesn't like... I don't think he's my buddy anymore. I think he, oh. he actually doesn't like me anymore. Oh, I'm so excited to retweet all of Sean Rochester's tweets in the coming hour when he uh, rips on you for your terrible theories. Anyways. It's, it's incredible that a guy who went by Dr. Struess for so long is is such an ardent Duncan supporter. <laughs> they're not the same player, Ben. We're I know they're not. That's why it's funny too. to me. Because, like, people talk about if Duncan's not starting, it should be Struess. And I know he loves Struess, but whatever. I don't think Dar- Duncan should come out of the starting lineup. Neither do I, but we can talk about that in our Duncan Robinson episode coming up. All right, bye, people, and bye, Ben. No, we're not going to be talking to you and your terrible takes anymore. <laughs> Good night, everybody.